are joined in this segment by 87th District State Representatives Tim Butler is with us. And uh, Tim, uh, you know, pretty scary stuff from you about this, uh, uh, you know, theft that's been going on of identities uh, along with unemployment. It's really kind of a mess, isn't it? Well, I think the uh, well. First of all, thanks for having me on again, guys. I appreciate it. Um, sure. you, you know the the failures that we've seen uh, under the governor's administration with the Department of Employment Security, I think, are astounding. Um, you know, the federal government stepped forward to provide substantially new benefits for people who have been become unemployed because of the pandemic. Uh, we've opened up. Um, uh, you know, unemployment benefits to people who were not eligible for people who get 1099s, you know, quote unquote gig workers and anybody who receives 1099s, things like that. Uh, expanded benefits to an extra $600 a week beyond what they're getting, which is, you know, a huge increase. And and for four months now, we've seen really the, that the Department of Employment Security has not been able to carry out um, the job that they're assigned with. And, and uh, we, the House Republicans, have really been harping on this for a long time. You know, initially, um, the governor was was delayed in rolling out the the, uh, the gig economy benefits for people uh, because they had to get it up and going, they said, and they wanted to make it sure it rolled out correctly, and it hasn't rolled out correctly. I've been contacted from people from the very beginning. The first... Um, sign that I saw was a woman I went to high school with who reached out to me, uh, and she had received a letter from IDES saying that she was eligible for benefits with a, a bank account number where the money was supposed to go. Uh, it was all her correct information on where she worked. She still was employed. She never applied for unemployment benefits. And then the bank account number was some other bank account that she was not aware of. We've been contacted by multiple people over the last several weeks who've received these debit cards. Um, and including, I had two people reach out to me yesterday that I know after the story was in uh, uh, locally in the paper. Um, and these are debit cards that are sent to people who have not applied for benefits. That have one one person told me she actually registered her card to see what it was on what what it was, and there was eleven thousand dollars on there. I mean, this is this. I just, I mean, the, the failures of IDS are are huge on this. The governor and his team have need, really need to be held responsible for this, and they haven't. They 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 downplay this every time uh, it's discussed. And I understand the importance of 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 focusing on the health side of COVID, but they completely downplay the problems with IDS. It gets it gets basically swept under the rug whenever it's brought up, saying that oh the system's overwhelmed and we're trying the best we can. Well, you know. I, I think millions upon millions of dollars are subject to fraud in this, and I, I don't see anything that the governor's doing to try to correct this situation. Well, and the governor said yesterday, uh, Representative Butler, that um, you know they, they don't know the full scope of this yet, uh, and he seemed to kind of blame the federal government for uh, having you know thrown together this um, uh, this different uh, pot of money for the so-called gig workers, the uh, uh, independent contractors. So. But how quickly should we get eyes on this? How quickly should the Auditor oh. General be in there uh, to make sure that these dollars are going where they need to go and instead of being used for fraudulent purposes? We don't, we don't even have to wait for the Auditor General. The legislative branch of government, a co-equal branch of government, has a duty to have oversight of of government programs in the state of Illinois. And we have abdicated our responsibility. 
Speaker Madigan has not called for a single hearing on this. Senate uh, President Harmon has not called for a single hearing on this. And I know for a fact, and it's been reported publicly, Speaker Madigan's own Democrat members are howling about this as well. And they refuse to have a hearing on it. It's ridiculous. We need to march the, the governor's administration people, the head of IDS, which, by the way, the governor switched directors of IDS and really, you know, uh, really made no big deal out of it. And that must be a huge thing if he changed directors in the middle of this. We need to have those people in front of the gen- General Assembly in a public setting where we can grill them. And I think we need to have multiple hearings on this because this is this is one of the most Astounding failure. Representative, it's billions of dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, we're talking. I, I mean, the state of Illinois is already uh, borrowing billions of dollars to cover these costs. And, and I think it is ridiculous for the governor to blame it on the federal government. I heard the governor say the other day that the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, whatever it was, didn't return his phone calls about these federal troops going in Chicago. Well, gee, governor, your own administration isn't calling back the citizens you represent to carry out. These unemployment benefits. I have people who have not gotten a call back from April that that they haven't had any contact yeah, yeah. with the Department of Employment Security. And he's blaming the federal government on something like he needs to get his own house in order. I mean, yeah, this that, is this is ridiculous. That's what's what maddening about all of this is right, like right. you said, there's it's so many stories people about people that are still waiting for their benefits <laughs> and yet crooks and hackers are able to get something on a debit card. I, I, exactly. I, I'm a little confused. How do they get the money off the debit card? I guess they just guess the numbers. Well, and, that, and that's that's. That's a great point, Chris. How are they? What is the deal behind this? And that's why we need to have this in a public. I don't think we need to wait for the auditor general. That's going to be months down the road before the auditor general issues a report. We can do it today. We can have a hearing tomorrow. We can have a hearing at the Capitol building tomorrow and march these people in front of us and get these questions answered or at least get the ball rolling, telling them they need to investigate. We need to hold these people responsible. I mean, that's our job as our job is the legislature, and we're not doing that. Representative, if you could stick around just a little bit longer, I want to get your response sure. to why you think that's not happening. Uh, and the person who's controlling what happens in the House, the House Speaker, uh, and the revelations of uh, now the Chicago Tribune reporting that uh, they're looking into AT&T's dealings with um, you know some possible uh, the improprieties. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll get to all of that and more. Representative, of course, uh, revelations last week. Speaker Madigan, not charged with a crime. But implicated, uh, I think, public official A, uh, identified as the Speaker of the Illinois House of Representatives in the uh, deferred prosecution with ComEd, where ComEd said they did something wrong and they agreed to pay $200 million, I believe. Uh, Now we're looking at uh, the Chicago Tribune reporting that AT&T is getting subpoenaed uh, and they've uh, used some of the same former Madigan staffers as ex-Democratic state representatives as Commonwealth Edison. So what's going on here? How do we hold the speaker accountable, especially as he holds the party um, chairmanship? Well, first of all, I I believe that the speaker needs to step down as as speaker. Uh, Whether or not he resigns from the General Assembly, I think, is a decision that he needs to make and the constituents of his district need to make. But I think he needs to step down uh, as Speaker immediately. Uh, He's the Speaker of of the entire House. He is not just the Speaker of the Democrat Caucus. He also, as Speaker of the House, obviously is the Speaker of of all 118 members of the House. And, And as one of those 118 members, I do not believe he is in a position that he should be leading the, the chamber right now. I think I think he needs to step down, and, and we need to have a, a vote on on a new speaker. This is this continues. I think 
all the things that we that we've thought about the speaker's operation for the last several several decades. The influence on how to try to um, uh, prop up his own political operation, his armies of street workers that he has that that go out on the streets and and help get uh, people elected on, on his behalf. Uh, I mean, this this whole thing lays bare, I think, a lot of things that we've thought about uh, the influence that the, the speaker has uh, across government. I think it's going to be very difficult to move forward legislatively, especially on some big issues, given the speaker's problem. We have been talking about a very large uh, energy bill coming down the pike, potentially, to, to look at some of these uh, issues when it comes to Yes, the concerns that ComEd and Exelon have, the concerns that the coal industry has, the coal, the, 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 the concerns that the renewable energy people have. We have, we have the, the Telecom Act, which obviously AT&T is very interested in. We have the Telecom Act, Telecom Act that's up for a reauthorization as well. And with this cloud hanging over everything, with the Speaker running the House, I think it's impossible to get these things done, which are, which are things that we, we have to address. And I think the only way we get past this is if the speaker steps down from his position and we put someone else in that position. I, I got to believe that this is going to be really difficult to investigate because I, I, I just learned yesterday in talking with the BGA that, that Madigan doesn't even have an email. He doesn't carry a cell phone. <laughs> nope. uh, wow. What, is, is this a point where they're probably going to have to subpoena some of his cronies and, and, and look in their emails? They are. You've seen the litany of, of, of folks that have come forward and, and certainly with Mike McClain leading, leading the way uh, on this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, you know, the, the speaker is, it's, it's well known that the speaker is very careful, I think, on, on what he uh, communicates and how he communicates and things like that. And I think that plays into uh, the idea that maybe he knows he doesn't want a trail of things, you know, out there, uh, you know, or maybe he's just an old school guy that's been in when, uh, you know, when he got elected 50 years ago, uh, a cell phone wasn't even the gleam in, you know, anybody's eye back then. So, um, you know, well, I, I representative, this, a representative, his spokesperson doesn't even use a state email. <laughs> it's an AOL know, I, account that he uses. You know, I think I think this is this is this all leads into this. And again, I mean, this this is nothing new. I mean, these are the these are the discussions that we've had for years now. And look, somebody who's been in power that long is not good. This is why we need leadership term limits especially well, but what do you but what do you say to somebody like i talked with uh, one of your colleagues out of chicago representative ford talked to him yesterday and he said listen you know we all know that uh, with absolute power comes you know the uh, possibility of absolute you know uh, <laughs> abuse of that power um so what do you what do you say to those who, who say listen the speaker's gotten elected to these positions over and over again by democrats not just in the general assembly but also in the uh, in the party well, I think I think that's a whole other discussion. I think uh, that we've gone for a while about how we could address that. But here's the problem: when he's the chairman of the party, and I think this is something we need to address in statute as well. You cannot be chairman in the party and one of the officers in the uh, in the general assembly. I think that to hold the purse strings as the speaker of the house, where where lobbyists and advocates have to come to him eventually to get their legislation passed, uh, and then and then you know holding the purse strings. Um, the campaign side of things, especially on the, the state party. I mean, anyone who runs for office in in the state of Illinois as a Democrat is beholden to the speaker because he holds the purse strings for uh, for the state party, and that's not right. 
And so that that leads to situations where, of course, they're going to vote for him for speaker because he he holds all the cards. You know, he absolutely holds all the cards. Yeah, and I get the only other question with this too is trying to not to repeat this in the future. You know, should it be that rather than having the speaker of the house be the sole uh, proprietor of who's going to what bills are going to get called in the legislative session, should that be going to a committee too? There are there are innumerable proposals that have been made over the years to correct these kind of situations. Leadership term limits, making sure that there's there's a better process so so legislation that gets introduced can get a fair hearing and kicked out to committee. You know, a, a little more autonomy of, of committee chairmen and, and so they're not so beholden to the speaker. Things like that. There are things that we can address through legislation in, in Illinois statute and through the rules of the House of Representatives that can make it a more fair process. Look. There's 50 state legislatures across the country. We all do business in different ways. We can take lessons from other how other legislatures work and bring those to Illinois to make sure that we don't have the, the corruption and the, the insider dealing that we've had for so long in Illinois and to make it a fair, a more fair, open and transparent process as well. well all if right. you look at Ohio, we got the speaker over there uh, arrested in a $60 million bribery case. Yeah. And that's a Republican, right? So, I mean, this yeah. is... This yeah. is yeah. I mean, this, it, it cuts both ways. And this is, you know, I mean... At the end of the day, you know, people need to elect good good people to represent them. And when those people get in office, they got to do the right thing. They, they have to do the right thing. That's that's what it's all about. Representative Tim Butler, listen, thank you so much. Good luck to your Cubs this weekend, okay? Go Cubs. All Looking right. forward to opening day. There you go. All right. Talk to you With later. cardboard cutouts and laugh track, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm crazy. surprised you even know about those cardboard well, cutouts. I, I, I was looking well, at the sports today. And I'm like, you know what? This is probably going to acclimate me into following hey, sports more because it starts it's starting to kick hey, back on. Hey Tim, you don't yeah. be don't be messing with with, with Greg the Greek Bishop. Yeah. You know he knows he, it all, man. He's, he's got he's the Arizona gonna, Cardinals. He's this probably going to bring that the, the cutouts to Dungeons yeah. and Dragons or something. He's got the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> over the Cubs this weekend. So oh, we'll go to you know, I'll like, go to a rock show where there's cardboard <laughs> cutouts. There you go. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Representative. See you later.